Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Nun Zayin in Maseches Nedarim. Let's start the mission on the very top, shall we? Konem Peiro Sa'elu Alai. I forgot yesterday either was my grandfather's yurt site. Okay, so yesterday was Andrew's grandfather's yurt site. And so we're going to be learning today Lila Nishmas Yaakov Ben Chaim, as well as Rav Chaim Zev Melinowitz, that's all, whose son Elio called me the other day to ask me about a different thing. And he was uh, very encouraged by to learn that uh, that you guys, you know, when you make siyumim, Leil Nishmas, his father, all of a shalom. Uh, and so Yaakov ben Chaim, Chaim Zev, our dear beloved uh, departed friend Aryeh, Leil um, Nishmasam, may all their neshamas have an aliyah. All right, so I know that Andrew swore off donuts. Really? Yeah, Hanukkah, he doesn't like to have... A, no, he doesn't want to have Sufkani out. So he says, Konam Sa'elu Alai. He doesn't want. This is the one of all things I've said about Andrew. That's the one thing he's offended that I said. Anyways, so let's say fruits. You say, I'm not going to eat these fruits. Or Konam Hain Al Pi. Or they're, they're not going to, in other words, I swear them from touching my mouth, right? Or Konam Im Lufi, right? They're, they're usher to my mouth. You'll remember that the word Konam is a derivative of the word Korban, right? So this is all sort of review, because we've gone over this already, where the neder has a language where it makes the fruit usher to you, right, the way hektesh would be usher to you, the way a korban would be usher to you, and therefore, usher bechilu fehen, We've seen this concept before. That it's amazing to say that not only is this particular, now again, what you're doing is you're saying this particular fruit is usher to me. And, and, and I want to be clear. You're not saying, for example, I'm never going to eat peaches. That's not what you're saying. You're saying, I'm never going to eat this peach. That's a, that's, that's a significant difference because when you say, I never eat, I'm never going to eat peaches, so then that's a general thing. So if you change a peach for an apple, right, you, that would not be usser to you, right, because you'd be able to have an, right, because you only ushered a class of fruit for, to yourself. But when you're saying, I am not going to, Right, nothing is, I'm not going to eat this, this peach. Well, then it's also bechilufein, and that actually, the word konam is significant there, because that is in fact like hektesh. What is the word Be- konam? Konam is, we already learned, it's a derivative of the word korban. Oh, it, the <clears throat> well, it sounds like it, and we don't want to say the word korban, really? but that's why you have to pay attention when you do hataris in the dharm next time, Goranowitz, wow. that you say, uh, Konamos, right? There's different language of how you say the word neder. And right. one of them is konam. And konam is a way of saying that I'm making this usher to me in a way like a korban is usher to me because we know you can't misappropriate hektesh. And therefore, that's why it's usher b'chilufeim uvigidulehem. So anything that you would exchange it for, right? Or anything that, right, that would grow out of it, right? You would have... Uh, you would you would be um, would be usher as well. Okay, that's that that that's simple enough for now. Now, in contrast, says the Mishnah, if you had said shani ochel, shani toim, I'm not going to eat the, the konam. Right, this fruit are konam to me, and I'm not going to eat it or I'm not going to taste it. So that's already different. That's mutter, right? Right. So how is that different? Because what you're going to say is, I'm not going to eat it, and I'm not going to taste it. That's different. That's different than saying, it is like a korban to me. You're just saying, in this particular case, 
that this particular one, right, I'm not going to eat, right? So you're, so that's like swearing off eating a specific thing, but as opposed to saying that this specific thing is like a korban to me, right? So what you're saying, in essence, is the difference between, and I hate to use these terms because they're lazy, <laughs> but chefza gavra, Andrew. The first case, you made the fruit usher, right? The chefza, what you call. The first case, you made the actual item, the actual fruit usher. Right, because you said, konem peiros ha'elu alai, right? Because as Barry points out, because he said, konem elu alai. It's specifically the fruits. I'm making this nether on the item. Correct, correct, as Andrew points out. And, and, and the reason you guys are so on top of it, we learned this already recently in the base, but these guys are on top of it. They're, paying, they're on the ball. They're not just, it's 5.30, but they're not just, they're not zombies. These guys aren't sleepwalking. So that's correct, exactly. In other words, and, and, and as Barry pointed out and Andrew pointed out, Elu, yeah, the, the words Elu, right, we already point out. What is, what is the key word, as we say, the effective word? So when you say Elu, you're making it on the fruit themselves. And when you say She'ani Ochel, you're making it on yourself. Yep. Now it's about you, right? You're making it about you. And you're saying She'ani Ochel V'Sha'ani Toim. So we're going to try to tease out Musr from here, but first let's get through it. So She'ani Ochel V'Sha'ani Toim, is you're making it about yourself. So now you're saying, I'm not going to eat it. So then, because you're not infusing, as it were, the fruit with this hektesh, but you're saying it's a restriction on yourself with respect to that fruit. And so once that fruit, right, gets switched out, you, you no longer have that restriction, okay? Now, there is, however, Andrew, a qualification. And because when it comes to gidulehem, because if you were to switch out that fruit, that uh, apple for an orange, you could eat that orange because you only answered uh, the apple on yourself. But what about if you took the apple and then buried it and buried its seeds in the ground? Oh. So that's what the Mishnah finish, uh, continues to say. It doesn't finish because it's not finishing until Ahmed Bey's. But over here, the Mishnah continues to say, Uvegidu lehem, when it comes to respect to actually taking this fruit now, Andrew, that you ossered on yourself and, right, um, and planting it. So then, Bedavar Shazaro Kale. So then, if in fact the seed of said apple would decompose, so then that as the seed decomposes, that nether dissipates and whatever would grow out would not be also to you. However, right? But if you made the nether with respect to some kind of fruit where the seed does not decompose but continues to grow in the ground, then even what would grow from that would be forbidden and even what would grow from what would grow from that would be forbidden. There is a lot here. I'll say... A little bit, because one thing Barry would I I would anticipate would ask would be wait a minute gidulaim gidulaim like until Yemosa Mashiach or I mean I, I mean forever isn't there something called bittel berov Andrew 
Isn't there something, like at some point, you had one apple, and you got your Johnny Appleseed now. And you got a little apple seed that's, that, that, that's extant, that's not decomposing. And now it's going to grow another tree. And then that tree is going to have an apple with a seed. And it's going to grow another tree. And all of these are going to be us or for you forever. Isn't that initial seed somehow at some point going to be so diluted over generations that, it, that, that there's almost no isser left? Right there's something called the bittel b'shishim, as we've discussed already last week. So, if isn't it going to be so diluted that you could say that already there's very little iser in this apple? And the answer is that davar sheyesh bo matirin. In other words, because of the fact that a nether is something that is subject to she'ela, a nether is something that you can undo. So we already have a concept. We discussed this already this week or last week that whenever there's something that it can be undone. It does not become batal. It does not become nullified. And that perhaps is the reason why it continues to be also not only gidulayim, but gidulayim, gidulayim, right? Until, uh, presumably, until you undo the nether. That would be a different thing. But be that as it may, um, that is the halacha that if it is it's going to be gidulayim, even though you made the isar on yourself, that isar is still out there. Okay, chilufeim, you switched out of it, right? But giduleim, it's still the same apple. Do you see what I'm saying, Barry? Okay, because it. minion. you can count each apple. Right. Barry's pointing out that maybe rove wouldn't even be applicable to this because. That's a brilliant idea because he's saying, wait, in order to have a rove, you need to have a mixture. Wow. And these are apples that you see each, each individual apple. They're not mixed together. And therefore, even if, even if there was a thousand of them, it wouldn't be buttle, even if it weren't a double shayesh material. And, and I think that's a valid point. But for the fact that I think once the seed mixes in, then it's already like, this, right, like the one seed leads to, let's say, a thousand apples. So it is mixed into each one of those thousand apples. In other words, a seed becomes an apple tree, that kind of thing. Um, but maybe. Um, so you're saying the issue would be that you'd never be able to get out of it. The gidule, gidule, you're saying even if you, un, you, you'd never be able to get out of it. Okay? It's your fence, Mansour. You make drinking water. Yeah. They gave them bread in the desert. Uh-huh. Why don't they give them water coming from the sky instead of from the rock? Why don't they perform a miracle with the water? You know, like throw down balls of deer park. Mm-hmm. You like that, Tower? That's not a bad question. Like Barry, water always comes from the sky. Why did the water have to come out of the rock, Dafka yeah. in the midbar, and the mud from the sky? That's that's you a good question. Barry? Okay, so yeah, so so the uh, next thing is Omer the Ishto. I could see how that was triggered, uh, Goranowitz, because that had something to do with. An apple becoming an apple tree and getting watered. Okay, Omer right, right. Okay, so now let, let's do some test cases. This Mishnah continues. The guy says to his wife, we have these weird uh, relationships over here. And, and again, uh, this Mishnah has been quoted everywhere already. We've, we, we're familiar with all of these ideas. Now we're putting them together in the classic, uh, the locus classicus, the uh, initial sources of this Mishnah. The guy says, this was in Tet Zion, I'm in Bayes, I believe. Uh, and the reason why it's important is because we asked over there, what's called Namasa Yadai Chalai? She's working. And he says, 
whatever income you're going to make, I don't want to have any part of it. Okay? Now, what we asked then was, why isn't it a Dover Shaloba Olam? How can you make a nether on something that doesn't exist? And we, we said that Zion was, he's really making a nether on her hands. Remember we said that? He's making the nether on her actual, so to speak, hands. And once you've attached it to something that does exist, <coughs> namely her hands, so then it works. Anyways, konum hen alpi, or again, either hands or konum, and really she was referring to her income, but he's attaching to her hands, as we've just explained. Or konum hem lufi, also bechilufehem. So there again, because as we pointed out, because he says alai, he's also bechilufehem vigidileim. Okay. However, again, if he says shani ochel, and again, this is applications of the same things, of the same concept, we're just applying it to the case of the husband saying that to his wife's say a dime. So he says, I'm not going to eat any of it, shani time, I'm not going to taste any of it, I'm not going to taste any of your sandwiches, muta bechilufehem vigidileim. So there, again, he can't, so he, so he swore off her bologna sandwich that she gives him for lunch. But when he gets to the construction site at work, he could switch it out for his buddy's tuna sandwich, and that's fine. Uve gidulayim, right? And anything that would grow. Bedover shazara kala, avodover shenozara kala, afilu gidulay gidulayim, also same as the Mishnah. Okay? This is the same as the first part of the Mishnah, that when it comes to something that is not going to decompose, that even the gidulay gidulim we're going to be usser. So now, once we get into these unusual marriage dynamics, let's do more marriage context nadarim as follows. And we've already seen this. I think this was on Tesvav. Guy says to his wife, She'at oisa eini ochelad Pesach. Remember this? The in-law, the in-law dynamic here? He, said, he says, okay, I'm not going to eat anything. Um, or the in-law dynamic is the next case. But this is where it gets into... Pesach and Sukkot, where he says, until that time, I'm going to not eat any of your Maisei until Pesach, okay? Shat oisa enemit kase ada Pesach. Or whatever you make, you're going to, you're going to, uh, uh, Andrew, okay, I'm not going to get Andrew into this, but the point is, no, I, I was going to get you a kapata, Andrew. So, so that's what, so, okay, so uh, someone's wife is embroidering him a, a kapata, and he says, I'm not going to wear that until Pesach, okay? So if she made made the food, or she embroidered his tishbekesha for him, right? So he can wear it after Pesach. the The idea here is that even though she made it before Pesach, right? He says he's not going to wear the tishbekesha until the Pesach seder. Okay, but she could still embroider the tishbekesha for him prior to Pesach. That that was never a problem, and that's exactly what he said. Okay. But if he says in a different language that I'm not going to right, eat or wear anything that you made prior to Pesach, right? So he's going to say, whatever reason this husband says to his wife, if you make this Tishbekesha before Pesach, I'm not going to wear it, right? I want you to do nothing but prepare for Pesach. I don't want you to sit there and embroider my tishbekasha. Save it for after. So if you do that, I'm not going to eat it. Right? If you embroider it, I'm not going to wear it. So then, And this shouldn't even be a chiddush berry. That's exactly what he said. Right? It's two different things. Either he said, I don't want to wear it until Pesach, or, and then, then she can embroider it before. Or he's going to say, I don't want you to embroider it before Pesach. In which case, if she does, then he cannot wear it. Okay. Now, furthermore, Shat Nanit Li Adha Pesach. 
person says it's right before Pesach, you can't have any Hanah for me until Pesach. We dug into this already in Tezvav. We talked about how it can be no there, no one from the other. How does this fit in with the right obligations of marriage, of share, kasus, ve'ona? Be that as it may, he's making the following stipulation. This is the in-law part. You can't have any Hanah for me until Pesach if you go to your parents before the following sukkahs. I never took the LSATs, but I feel like this would be helpful, Andrew. You tell me. And you took the LSATs. It's like this. He says, if you go to your parents until sukkahs. So now there's two time frames, okay? There's the upcoming Pesach and then the sukkahs afterwards. So he, the Hana is only until Pesach. So says the Mishnah, and he's saying, you can't have Hana, uh, you can't have Hana for me until Pesach if you go to your parents before Sukkot. Well, there's two effective like time zones here, two effective, two effective spans of time. Because after all, if she goes and to her parents before Pesach, so then it triggers the nether, and she can't have Hanah from him from that point until Pesach comes. However, the Mishnah continues as we turn to the Zion of Pesach. Don't forget, if she goes after Pesach, but before the following Sukkot, she still violated the nether. Only his restriction to her was only until Pesach. So what did she do? He says again, you can't have enough for me until Pesach if you go to your parents before Sukkot. So guess what? Pesach passes. She has enough from him the whole time. And then she goes to her parents for Shavuos. Wait a minute. That's not what we talked about. We said you can't go until Sukkot to your parents. Well, guess what? You can't undo all the Hanah she had before Pesach because that's already water under the bridge, right? That already took place. So Elamai, so that you can't undo. The Hanah already, he can't withhold from her because that was only going to be until Pesach. But, says the Mishnah, Bival Yochel. But she did obviously violate the nether, right? So that's Bal Yochel. Bal Yochel is the Isser that you violate when you violate a nether. And it is already something that we discussed. And this we focused on quite a bit when we, when we talked about it. The idea that she, <laughs> she is violating, she never made the nether. Isn't that amazing, Barry? The husband made the nether, right? He swore her off from going to her in-laws. And she's the one that violates Val Yochel by going to her in-laws. That, that, that had to be, right, we, we spoke about this. So that had, we had to wrap our head around that. That she's the one somehow that's violating the nether, even though she didn't make the nether. That you could violate a nether that you yourself don't make. Anyways, point is, she got all the hana because she waited till after Pesach, and that was when the restriction was until... But she, but the Baal Yachel uh, still kicked in. All right, okay, we finally have Musa. Yeah. You have to worry, no matter what you do, you have to worry about other people. She didn't care about her husband. So she, I love that. I love that. He's saying like an Ishto Kagufo kind of thing, that if you, if you, you could, that, like, or call Israel or Ravim Zelazel, that each one of us has to be responsible for the other. It's like when you have the kids and, and you say, could somebody pick this up? And you say, I wasn't the one that put it there. Right. But come on, it doesn't matter who put it there. We have a collective responsibility right. for each right. other. Yeah, Very nice. Beautiful. Thank you, Gorana. All right, let's do the opposite case now. We're going to switch it, the, time, the timeline. 
In the second case, the Mishnah continues, Shat li ad hachag. So now the husband says to the wife, and it's prior to Pesach now. So now, the, now he, sm- he got smart the following year, right? He said, wait a minute. I told her that uh, she's not going to have any hana for me until, Pe- until Pesach if she goes before Sukkot, and she outsmarted me. She waited till after Pesach. She got all the hana in the world, and then she went to her parents for Shavuos. Now I'm going to be smarter. Now I'm going to say, if you go for Pesach, then you, you can't have enough for me till the following Sukkot. So now he extended the time that she can't have enough for him past the time that she can't go to her parents. That's a smarter move, Andrew, because this way you, uh, you hold all the leverage for the, for the entire time that you wanted her to not go to her parents. So now she says, You can't have any enough for me until Sukkot. Right? Ah, right? So we're not going to your parents for Pesach. And by the way, if you go to your parents for Pesach, or if, if you end up going, then you can't have enough for me till the following Sukkot. Ooh. So then, So then, sure enough, if she goes by, before Pesach, so then, of course, the neder is going to kick in, and she's going to be also to him all the way until the following Sukkot. However, the um, what should be obvious, and this is why I think it's a good LSAT uh, case, is that she could, it's uh, kind of ironic, but not. It all has to do with what you said and the way you phrased it. So here, the time that the, is, that the Isser was going to be in effect was going to be until the next Sukkot. However, this is exactly what he said. If she actually listens, so to speak, and doesn't go to her, her parents until after Pesach, so then even though that period of time after Pesach is still within the time that she would have been also to him, she's not also to him because she didn't violate the nether. So in other words, it's not, it's not, for us, it's not even a chiddush because we thought it through. In other words, this is exactly what he said. All he said was he extended the time that she'd be also to him until the following sukkahs. Well, yeah, but that was only if she went to her parents before Pesach. But once Pesach passed, so that even though that time would have been Asr, it's not Asr because she waited until after Pesach and therefore they're in the clear and she can have Hanav from them because she did not violate the nether. So that should be obvious, but we're just highlighting the contrast between the two cases about when you extend the, the neder versus when, when you extend the consequences. Very good. So now we finally arrive at the Gemara on Oman Bays. As Yoni got here, why was it such a long Mishnah? Because these cases, these cases uh, take, they take some time. Uh, Yoni, uh, Garanos wants to know why Nun Zion is a long Mishnah. Can you look into that and get back to us tomorrow? Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Okay. So now I'm going to quote the Mishnah. What's going on here? This is talking about back to the fruit. Let's get back to the apples as follows. Let's talk about gidule gidulehem. What is the status of something that's buried in the ground? Yishmael ishkfar yama. Yishmael from the village by the sea. That's a cool name. And ishkfar diyama. Some people say from the village of diyama. That's the less cool name, I think. I think let's go village by the sea. Ishmael Ishkfar Yama. Yeah, the following question. You have an onion. This is talking about Nagidule Gidule. We're all about the planting now, Barry, okay? What is this? How, how long does this Isser um, right, uh, perpetuate itself when you take an Usser thing and plant it in the ground? 
So now we're going to say an Isser that is not Usr because of a Nether, but rather an, uh, something that's Usr because it's a Shemitah. Okay? And, and particularly, Batsal She'akaro B'Shviyas. This is, was uprooted, in other words. Everything that grows in Shemitah sort of organically, if you will, right? You're allowed to, you're allowed to eat those fruit. But this was uprooted. That's the problem. If it's uprooted and was inappropriately used during Shemitah, so then already that is Aser. Okay, so you had this Aser uh, onion, and then you replanted it uh, after Shemitah, when it, would be, when it would be mutter to replant it, but you basically planted an Aser onion on the eighth year. Okay, so now this onion you were not really supposed to eat anymore. And what happened? Virabu gidulav alikaro. The new, right, uh, growth, the gidulim, that came out of this original onion, way outsized the original onion. And to our original point before, and I think this addresses Barry's earlier question, you can't tell, right, which part of the original onion is in this entirely new onion plant. And to the extent that the new onion plant is going to yield, let's say, more than times, 60 times the original volume of the original onion, then perhaps you would say that the isser of the original onion would become nullified. Okay, and so this was the question. And this is what Yishmael Yishkfaryama wanted to know. Gidulav heter v'ikaro aser if the new growths are mutter and the original onion is aser, cave and the rabbi gidulav me ikaro, osan gidulav heter malin es iser or lo. Since the original onion, if you were to say in the theoretical case where the new growth would exceed, right, the original root, and here I'm, I'm put, pointing out that they should exceed it with what we would call bitul barov, let's say more than let's say 60 times, if that were to happen, would that volume, 60 time volume, nullify the original isser or not? So does this become a bittle case? That's what he wanted to know. So what's the question, right? So the new, so the real question is, because again, if they're considered extensions of the original usser onion, so then even the extensions would be usser, right? The question isn't really if the original onion is mevotel. The real question is if the original onion isn't uh, uh, mutter, so then these growths themselves would end up being usser. That's what he really wants to know. And so it's the question of, right, we talked about gidulei gidulehem. So our Mishnah, right, discusses, right, that gidulei gidulehem, if it's something where the seed does not, decompose would for sure be usser. But here's what's interesting. If the seed does decompose, we said that it would be mutter. Well, is that really true? In other words, does everything that grows from things, from other things become mutter or not? So, so right, in other words, it's not necessarily obvious that even if the seed decomposes, that, that it would be mutter if it came from an usser, uh, from an usser source. So, so let's kick this around. We have several cases that would give us indications one way or the other. So let's see. So what they're trying to do, it's a, it, you're right, it's a, it's a real detail here. How do you address 
an original source being planted and something that comes out of that original source. And by the way, Goranowitz, there is a Goranowitz Musser moment here because every one of your actions has a ripple effect. And so sometimes you can have a seed and if the seed is good, then everything that will grow out of it will be good. And if the seed is, is not good, then all that will grow out of it could be good or bad, and sometimes it takes a lot to undo that and to be mevatalit. Anyway. Okay, Barry, are we clear so far? More or less. Okay, so also the kamei de Rabbi Ami. Let's see if we can clarify. So then he came in front of Rabbi Ami and he wanted to know, what would be the case of these onions, this Shemitah onion? So lo hava be a day. So see, don't, don't be embarrassed if you still don't have it fully clear, Barry, because Ravami didn't either, okay? Lo hava be a day. So also the kamei de Ravami was a giant... Tamrachacham,ちゃ、ちゃだけのエヴィテンクラス。あ、そのカメドヴィツクナフカ。でもエヴィツクナフカ if you take a truma onion, virabo gidula valikaro, and again, the new stuff that comes out of that onion exceeds the root, mutter. The entire onion is now permitted. See that new growths here, they're going to, if there's enough new growth to be mevatel, the original truma status, then it's going to work. And therefore, perhaps that will be true not only of truma, but would also be true of shemitah. So if these new growths can be mevatel a truma, maybe could it also be mevatel a shemitah. Now, right away, you could say, well, truma and shemitah are not the same thing necessarily. You can undo truma by taking truma, taking off meisers, taking off trumas and meisers. You, can, you can't undo shemitah. Now, now, again, that might make it worse, might make it better because it's a davashiyeshul matirin, right? This can get, and you can see how you could spend time in this in yeshiva if you wanted to. So, Amalai Rebiyirmiya, Vitema of Zreka, so again, we don't even know who said what. It's like philosophy. This is, this is, um. They're just like when we're doing real philosophy. This is, they're getting deep. They're getting deep. Shavik mar train v'avikachad. So he said, wait a second. Or really, that's supposed to have a question mark. Shavik mar train v'avikachad? What do you mean? Have you set aside the opinions of two Amoraim who would forbid this said new growth and follow the one Amora who allows it? What are the, who forbids it? So, right, the one Amora who allows it over here is Rabianai. Well, what are the cases of the two that forbid it? As follows. Here we go. Ma ninu train. Who are the two that forbid it? Dama Rabbi Bo, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Uh-oh. Rabbi Yochanan was the big gadol in Eretz Yisrael. He, allow, he doesn't allow it. What's the case? Yalda shesibcha bizkena. If a young tree, young tree Andrew here is referring to orla. You can't eat the, the fruit between the first three years. That's an iser orla. What do you do with the iser orla? You grafted it onto an old tree. Okay. So now, so, can you do grafting? Let's leave that aside for now. Yes, this is not like... Okay, so this, this kind of grafting is okay. Because it's all within the same species. Be that as it may, you grafting orla, that's the problem. Uva peros. And now, at the time, the orla had, it was a sapling, and it had some fruit. Okay, now those fruit are obviously usser, because they're, or, they're orla. However, What happens... Barry, here, let me, let me give you a herbology lesson over here. You're taking the sapling and you're attaching it to the old fruit, uh, to the old tree. Al pi halacha, all the fruits 
that now are going to come out of that sapling are not technically orla because those fruits are considered as being yonek, right? As getting all the nourishment from the old tree, which does not have an isra orla. That's an old veteran tree. So now those fruits are not orla. However, the sapling had orla in it. And so the halacha, says Rabbi Yochanan, the great Gadol in Eretz Yisrael, is that all those fruits are going to be considered orla. And so you, what do we see? That even though all these new growths came, afilu matayim, or afilu a thousand, all those fruits were technically not orla, but guess what? It started with an orla sapling, and there's orla fruits are somewhere in there, and Barry's confused because he's saying, wait a minute, we should be able to say that they're all individual. We should be able to identify which was the original fruit, but presumably we can't identify it. the whole And now we just ossered, I don't know about... Well, the, I, I, that I myself don't don't know. So Andrew wants to know if the whole rest of the tree becomes usher. It sounds to me like you're ushering just the grafted part. The, the, if you can, I, I would even say it sounds like if you could identify. Right. So in other words. Right. So so Andrew's saying that the Gemara doesn't qualify. Right, so the Gemara isn't clear because it doesn't. What Andrew's pointing out is the Gemara doesn't qualify. Is these new fruit coming from the sapling only, or is it all the rest of the new fruit that this old veteran tree would produce? Because and talking about the note, the whole idea that Barry asked before, which was the the nullifying the, the uh, right. So, so right because like Andrew's saying, it it goes back to Barry's point, which is that if you could so. So, so I'm going to go back to Barry's point to answer your question, and I and I assume that this is the answer, although I don't know for sure. But my my assumption is that if you can distinguish, you know, what was originally Orlo and what's from the sapling and all that, anything that you can distinguish, it wouldn't apply to because it's not like it retroactively goes back and turns the rest of the tree into Orlo. But as Barry pointed out, anything that you can't distinguish would be considered a mixture, and therefore, if it's within the sapling and you can't distinguish what came from what, certainly all of those would be usser. And even if it was a thousand, if you can't tell which was the original Orla, then it would be usser. Would that be true even if it became mixed with the old tree? Presumably yes, because you can't tell what's what. How, you know, why would it be mutter if you don't know what it is, right? So anything that's a mixture is going to be usser and it's not going to be batil. That's the le- lesson we're learning from this Orla. So again, truma we said is batil. Uh... Orla, we say, is not Batil. And what we want to know is, would, right, would the, would the uh, Shemitah, right, um, be Batil? So let's see. This is going to be the second Isser. So, so again, Orla, not Batil. What about this? What's the problem? Kilaim, guys. You can't, you can't plant onions together with vineyards. That's called Kilaim, right? Two disparate plants that are mixed together. Did you ever consider this? What if you uproot one of them, right? So you planted them be'isser, because you planted them together. Then you managed somehow to unplant one of the two meanings. You said, oopsies, I didn't mean to plant kilaim. Let me un- uproot the, the, the karen, aser. The onion is still going to be forbidden, even though we took away the kilaim. So we see the new growth doesn't, right, is not mevato, the original forbidden root. That's unbelievable. Okay. So then we say, okay, so now Ishmael came, and according to Rav it would be okay because of Truma, 
But then according to Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yonasan, it would be also because of Kilaim and Orla. So now, how does the come to Rabbi Ami? So now he goes back to Rabbi Ami, who initially did not have his answer, right? Ufashit le'min hada. And now Rabbi Ami, I guess, had the answer. And he was able to follow, to follow it from the following source. Don Rabbi Yitzchak, Rabbi Yochanan, Litra B'Tzalim, Shetikna, a litra, like uh, we'll call it a liter, but uh, a, a, a nice amount of what? Onions that did not have meiser yet. And then you, you took off trumas and meisers, right? Tikna, you, you fixed it. Uzra, so then after fixing the trumas and meiser, and you replanted it, mis aseris lefikula, right? So what's the idea here? That the amount of trumas and meiser that you took off is calculated against what? the entire new crop. Now the new crop has all the new onions and the original, right, unfixed un, uh, onions. So what happens? It sounds from this that this new growth are in fact going to be mevatel, the original root, and, that's, and therefore they're going to still require meiser. So maybe that should be an answer that it is bittel. So now Ravami has a question. Once you brought up truma, so he says it's interesting because these are two sources from Yochanan. One says that the original Isser is Mavutal. One says that it's not. So how do you uh, reconcile that? So says the Gemara, no. Dilma l'chumra shiny. Right? In other words, we have a suffix. So when you have a suffix, then you're always going to go to l'chumra. And therefore, this is not really a reflection of the fundamental question of whether, you're mavat, whether growths that grow can be Mavutal a root. This, in fact is a real reflection of the fact that we don't know what the halacha is. So when you can, right, have a kula, like in Shemitah, right, so then we're going to be machmir. We're going to say that it doesn't refu- uh, nullify the root. But where it's going to result in a chumrah, which is to say, we're go- do you have to take off meiser or not? So we say, yes, take off the meiser. And then you, you, then you resolve the, right, the, the, the suffix that way. So basically, we just go the suffix, it, it's, a, it's, it's a suffix, it's an unresolved question, and when you have a suffix, what do you do? You just go the chumr in each direction, so take off the miser, don't have it for shemitah, and we're choshesh. But we don't have a real resolution. So let's try, before we finish, to resolve this idea of the replanted onion in Shemitah from a different source. Says Edlamin Hada. Let's do this source. Titania, we have the following price of Rabbi Shimon Omer, as we arrive in the Chesim at Aleph. Kol Davar Matirin. There it is, the very top of the Chesim at Aleph. I wanted to get to this, Barry. That anything that it can be remedied could go in Tevel. That's what I would have said. Like if you have Tevel, it's a Davar Sheyeshlom Matirin. You can take off Trumas Maisus. Tevel, Maisus, Shani, Hekdesh, right? Or Chadash. All of these things are going to go away. And therefore, lo nasnu bahem chachamim shir. Anything which is a davashi yishlom atirin, right? Um, they didn't give a shir where it would become batel because even the smallest amount in a davashi yishlom atirin is batel the whole thing. The whole davashi yishlom atirin, but if it's something that is going to be forbidden forever, could go on truma, truma smeiser, chala, or lachila karam. That doesn't go away, right? So when you have, and we'll pick up with this tomorrow and we'll flesh it out more and explain it, but be that as it may, when it is a davarshi, then it could be batel. So that's five lines down. And that is the topic that we'll delve into more, Bezat Hashem, when we resume Anun Ches Amaralev tomorrow.